and Dennis Stewart. Last week we uh, looked at some of the effects of ageing and how natural medicine might be able to help and we looked at type 2 diabetes mm. in particular. Yes. Are there any other conditions we can think about? Well, I think it would be very useful to follow up that topic, Jane, by looking at the growing problem of dementia and also looking at one of the most common problems that confronts ageing, and that is diseases of the cardiovascular system. It would be interesting to look at what supplements there are that might be able to help combat those problems. Dennis Stewart, uh, we were thinking about ageing and some of mm. the other conditions, mm. apart from type 2 diabetes, mm. that... Um, well, we, we, uh, we mentioned dementia, and I have given considerable thought to this, and some of my ideas might sound a little bit left field, so I'm going to drop a few clangers here that might uh, <laughs> further alienate me from the mainstream. But I have a couple of views observed or based on my observation over many years. I would like to say this, that I think there's a good argument to say that dementia can be associated with retiring or separating work from life. I'm of the opinion that as more and more people, if you like, uh, retire early and look forward uh, to redundancies, etc., that in many ways that takes away from people a lot of the challenge of facing the day, getting up to do something, having something to do, having something to focus on. And I base my opinion on observing the number of men that I grew up with, um, many of whom I went to school with, um, who have been in some situations redundant or made redundant or have retired since they were 55. Um, here am I nearly 75. And the sad thing is a large percentage of those men are compromised as far as I'm concerned in as much that their ability to have a a stimulating conversation, um, their general interest in life seems to have waned. And I'm of the opinion that doing nothing subsequent to doing something feeds the process of ageing, lessens stimulation of brain cells and contributes to many symptoms which perhaps, and I say perhaps, end up with a full-blown diagnosis of dementia. And that's why... I say to people, look at the Asian worldview. The Asian worldview is not to separate work from life. Maybe the balance is altered a little bit as we get older, but in Asia there's very little room for the concept of retirement as we understand it. And I would put it to you that that perhaps is the reason why this problem of dementia isn't as great in Asian countries as it is in ours. So in our system mm. of work, Dennis, mm. um, there's always demands on us. We have to be somewhere sure. at a certain sure. time. We have sure. to get something done, sure. whether it's for sure. a customer or sure. for a boss. There's discipline associated also with, with mental functioning. Having lectured for many years of my life, I find it difficult now not to be occupied by reading. I carry a book with me, as you note, everywhere I go. Um, unfortunately that discipline can easily drop away when we take a deep gasp and say, oh, well, I'm retired. Uh, the stimulation is not there, 
and my opinion is that's a contributing factor. So I encourage um, all elderly people to resist ageing by making sure that they are on a daily basis preoccupied with stimulating the thought processes and not just sitting before the idiot box listening to some soap opera usually produced in the US. That's a radical viewpoint, but it's worthwhile thinking about. Don't retire. Don't retire. Keep working, not necessarily until you drop, but keep working to keep your brain. Now, I'm going to get a whole lot of abuse and argument and contradiction there, but that's an opinion. Health Naturally for our sponsor, Dennis Stewart's New Lambton Herbal Medicine Centre and taking your calls, 49216216. That's the number to ring. And Dennis Stewart, I'm reminded of a saying of George Bernard Shaw. Well, it was probably a writing as well, but he's he had such wonderful things that he said, we don't stop playing because we grow old. We grow old because we stop playing. Well spoken, Jane. Well spoken. You too can cop the flack. <laughs> Well, I'll just pass it on to GBS. <laughs> but, but look, um, looking at this perhaps a little bit more seriously, um, I think also um, ageing and the onset of dementia may have something to do with diet. I tend to observe that elderly people tend to lose interest in their diet and become fair game to a lot of um, fast food addiction uh, and particularly poor quality protein. Now, this might have something to do with the economics associated with ageing uh, and particularly people that are battling financially. But it is very, very important to take on board um, the importance of diet, the need to place emphasis on first-class protein. And there is, in, even in ageing, as far as I'm concerned, there is too much emphasis on carbohydrates and not enough emphasis on good quality protein. Now, I know that might be a little bit expensive for some people, but protein, the building block of our tissues, when it begins to falter in the diet, then I believe ageing syndromes are likely to accelerate. And you, <clears throat> do you need lots of it? No, look, you don't need lots of it. Um, there is debate on, on how much you need. But um, what I would consider a decent meal a day with first-class protein is adequate to maintain the cellular repair processes that are particularly needed during ageing. Remember, um, in the third world, most people die of infections due to um, poor dietary habits, poor intake of first quality protein, and the response from the immune system as a result is, is low, and uh, many of them die uh, whereas in our country, with, with good diet and access to first-quality protein, that is less likely. So I think it's important for elderly people to appreciate, as we get older, to resist the ravages of ageing, of which perhaps Alzheimer's is one of them. We should take more note of what goes into our belly and realise the importance of first-quality protein. So we've moved away from mm, herbs, mm. or we haven't oh, yet no, we come haven't to herbs. Yet. Yeah, no, I, I, I am a firm believer, and again, this perhaps is controversial, I am a firm believer in the concept of anti-ageing remedies. Now again, out there I can see the mainstream medical profession throwing back their heads in laughter, but I have mixed with some very interesting people in my life and have observed that many people 
who are elderly, who are vibrant, who live long, are using supplements that I concur with and using things that they have taken on board largely as a result of their own cultural habits. I remember, Jane, I think, I'm not sure whether I told you this story, but I remember being in Perth years ago doing a lecture program for Blackmores and at the end of the program I was asked out um, by an Indian doctor for dinner and that was great. But when we got to the place for dinner he had also brought along another uh, Chinese medical colleague and that was fine too but as the evening wore on I became less interested in medicine and more interested in an elderly Chinese gentleman that had been brought along to the meeting by his son. And he knew that I was interested in herbs, and so we struck up a conversation. And I had a few drinks, so I felt a little bit loose in my ability to be able to converse with him. And so, towards the end of the night, I I said to him rather jocularly, How old are you? And he says, You tell me. Oh, I said, You'd have to be about 75. And he threw his head back as if it was a complete joke. And... He looked me straight in the eye and said, I'm 86. Now, the reason I mention this is that was a gentleman who the next day was to board a plane from Perth to fly back to Malaysia to be the personal guest of Dr. Mahatia. This man was trim, black-headed, no sign of greyness in the hair, skin that was perfect, as articulate as, as we are, intelligent and conversational and I said to him uh, rather cheekily what do you put this down to and again he looked me in the eye and said I scour the world for the best ginseng and what he told me thereafter was that once a year he would go from Malaysia back to China and would hire some workers who would take him to the few remaining spots on China or in China where ginseng grew naturally and he would select a rhizome of ginseng and pay a lot of money for it and that would last him the year. Now I'm not saying we should all get on a plane and go to China and dig up ginseng. What I'm saying is he was a man who demonstrated by his habits, his belief and by his very being that the concept of resisting ageing with traditional remedies renowned for doing that such as ginseng particularly Korean or Panextin ginseng as we call it, has a basis to it. And that's why I use ginseng. And as many of my patients and clients would know, I put them regularly onto ginseng. So there is one remedy that I mentioned to listeners, elderly listeners, who are seriously wanting to do something for themselves to combat, I believe, very, very firmly, based on my observations, reading and experience, that the regular daily ingestion of ginseng holds a lot to resist the ravages of ageing. That's one herb. That's one herb. Now, just just, uh, touching back on the protein, there's many different forms of protein. Does it mean eating meat? Not at all. In fact, uh, if you look at some of the longest living people on the planet, i.e. the Japanese, the Japanese are very, very big on seafood. Uh, And that would be the predominant uh, protein source. The Mediterranean diet is not rich in animal protein. It similarly is based on vegetarian protein and, again, a lot of fish. So one doesn't have to um, be a meat eater, in inverted commas, 
to get good protein. As I say to people, an egg a day with 86% assimilable protein is virtually a guarantee against becoming protein deficient. No, you don't have to be. You don't have to feed the man meat, so to speak, to get protein, first-class protein, from other sources after I finish this program today. My first port of call will be the fish co-op ah. in Newcastle. I'm a big fish eater, and I'm hoping that will see me through a few more years. So there you go. There's an answer on that. But look, interesting, there's a book that I purchased from the uh, Kurenbong bookshop, a great bookshop and a, and a great uh, food store run by the Seven Day Adventists at Kurenbong. And there's a book there entitled None of These Diseases or Words to That Effect. It's a well-known book. And it's a looking at the traditional diet of the Chinese and the forms of protein that are eaten and the different emphasis on food in that culture and the way in which that diet perhaps is explanatory for the reason why uh, that group of people don't experience some of the syndromes that we're experiencing at this moment. But of course, as China goes the way of urbanisation and fast food outlets become predominant, that might alter that. Beautiful temperature, I must say, Dennis Stewart. And it's lovely great. time to be discussing on it health is indeed. Naturally. It is indeed. I'm uh, reflecting on the activity of my bees at this moment. On a day like this, they'll be having a field day. Oh, they will. They will indeed. Is I looked at them word? this morning and, yes. uh, and they were very, very happy. And uh, I opened them up only two days ago with my grandson and they were so docile that I could have done anything with them. I hope that remains for the weekend. We're, to- we're talking about we're talking about ageing, we're talking about diseases of ageing. And by the way, I might just throw in my belief, uh, based increasingly on research, that the regular use of honey ah, yes. is, is a very, very significant tri- contributor uh, to resisting what I would consider some of the syndromes of ageing. But look, one of the things that does worry us is this acceleration of this concern about dementia, which is characterised by loss of memory, um, depression, mood swings, etc. And it is a reality. Um, I'd like to say something here again before I talk about one of the main herbs that is used to address this. I worry that sometimes, sometimes, some of the symptoms that we refer to as being associated with dementia might be associated with some of the drugs mm-hmm. that people are taking. And when you say drugs, you mean legal drugs as yes, opposed to illegal pharmaceuticals, drugs. Yes, pharmaceutical medications. Mm-hmm. Now, I know this is provocative. I know it's provocative. But one of the most popular medications are the lipid-reducing drugs, the statins. My reading on the statins is, whilst they may have, and I say may there, because I'm not a fan of the statins, and I get myself into trouble by saying that. But my view is that many people could experience particularly memory faltering, which could easily be interpreted as associated with Alzheimer's, when I wonder, I wonder whether or not it might be related to a medication they're taking. And so in no way do I criticise the prescribing of these things, no way at all. And no way do I p- criticise the medical profession for prescribing. That would be silly. But I do suggest that patients that are using statins for cholesterol management who notice, and many of them mention this to me, who notice 
some form of dimming as far as their memory is concerned. I recommend they discuss that with their GP before they jump to the conclusion that they're suffering from Alzheimer's. So that's, again, something that's provocative and left field. But um, A good course of action to follow. It is a good course of action, and I encourage patients with any medication, particularly elderly patients, to know why they're taking the medication and what are the downsides that might have to be looked at. But having said that, with reference to many of the symptoms associated with ageing and particularly dementia, it is still my belief, Jane, that the, the herb ginkgo biloba in its modern forms holds some possibilities that have yet to be really taken on board by the mainstream, keeping in mind that ginkgo in its modern form as a natural drug was pretty well developed by the Germans 20, 30 years ago. The first preparation, I understand, of the ginkgo was called tabonin, T-E-B-O-N-I-N. I think it's still available in our pharmacies here, but there are many brands of ginkgo in the pharmacies and health food stores. And my reading on the ginkgo, based on the literature, particularly of the Germans and particularly the literature of Rudolf Weiss, indicates that as far as ageing is concerned, it's one of the most important things, next to perhaps the ginseng, to take on board as part of one's daily routine. Now, ginseng comes from a root. Uh, a ginseng comes from a root, that's correct. But what about ginkgo? Ah, right. Ginkgo comes from a fascinating leaf. Um, um, when we first did, did our experiments on the ginkgo, and I was some of, one of the first to do any extraction of it, we harvested our ginkgo leaves from very well-known sites on the North Shore. Ginkgo trees line uh, the Pacific Highway on the North Shore, and in our early days we took advantage of that. Here I am dogging myself in. Uh, so it's the leaf of the ginkgo, and interestingly, the leaf and trees um, of ginkgo are cultivated all around the world now for their leaves, which are harvested at a particular time when the leaf goes yellow colour, what we say, in the fall. Uh, when it goes into the fall, its major active principles have developed, and that's the point when the, uh, when the, when the leaf is, is harvested. So it is a leaf, it is a leaf factor. So uh, unlike the ginkgo, yep. unlike the ginkgo, it is the leaf of, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, unlike ginseng, it is the leaf of the ginkgo that is the part that's used. And as I said, it's a commercial crop yes. all around the world. Yes. That's the importance of it. And is it being developed as a medicine uh, around the oh, world as very well? Very much so. Mm. It's, it's estimated that 5% of Germans would be using ginkgo on a daily basis. That's a pretty significant proportion. Yes. And, but remember, the Germans lead the world in the development of modern natural drugs. And my... Uh, expertise, if you like to call it that, owes a lot to the reading of the German literature and the, the way in which in Europe and particularly Germany, uh, natural medicine, particularly herbal medicine, is in fact part of the mainstream. That's the difference, I suggest, between uh, European medicine and the medicine that's practised here. There's a very fascinating book uh, by Lynn Payer, um, on, a, on the, the, the different systems of medicine practised around the world. 
and she puts in focus the Anglo system of medicine, which is very biomedical, very scientific in inverted commas. And she looks at the French system of medicine, which is very romantic and based a lot on homeopathic remedies. Uh, and some of the best names in homeopathic medicine are French. And then she looks, she looks at the Germans with their history of folk medicine that goes back to chamomile and their modern use of, of herbs in the mainstream. So Lynn Pei's book, um, the actual name of it eludes me at, at present, but it's a well-known uh, textbook looking at the different complexions of medicine practised around yes, the world. I, I've read that book too, and I've really? also found it really fascinating. It is fascinating. It's very readable. It? And, it is a book, uh, very readable. It, it, is indeed. it is indeed. I think she's a medical journalist. I think I she think, might be. And, I'm just, I'm just, uh, I, I'm usually able to spin the name off the off the tip of my tongue, but it's, it's beat me today. <laughs> So health naturally, taking your calls on four nine two one six two one six. Trevor's rung in from Spears Point. Trevor, your question for Dennis. Dennis, good afternoon. How are you, Trevor? Um, not too bad, good, thanks. Good, good. Um, a short time ago, I was the unfortunate recipient of a uh, significant tear in my supraspinatus tendon. Mm-hmm. Now I've chosen to sidestep surgery for mm-hmm. obvious reasons. Um, and my physio, uh, who is very good, I might add, has told me that there's no way to repair the tendon other than surgery. Is is there a product that can assist with that? Well, I think there's something that could assist how far it would go in resolving it. I would tend to concur with the medical and physio viewpoint in this, that it's a condition that is surgically, usually surgically treated. But having said that, a lot of people can't undergo surgery for various reasons. And there are two supplements that I've always recommended for ligament and tendon repair and seemingly with good results. In fact, a case of that was recently a, a gentleman who uh, in, in Brisbane uh, sought my advice through my uh, Cessnock practice was placed onto some allantoin. Allantoin is a a well-known natural substance which has reparative properties both for soft tissue and for bony tissue. And allantoin is very safe. Originally it was in the herb comfrey, but it is available in an isolated form as a powder taken in very, very low dosages, very, very safe, It's one of the things that I recommended to this gentleman with very, very good results indeed. Um, The other thing that I'm obliged to mention is that I believe that silica has potential in this condition and silica, again, is a mineral, very, very safe. And if I were in your situation, I would be using it as a secondary oral supplement to see if in conjunction with your physio, you can lead to some degree of repair that might put off the need for surgery. Try those two approaches. You should be able to get those supplements easily from Warners Bay Health Food Store, Allantoin powder, and ideally what's called the Blackmore's celloid preparation of silica, which is codenamed S79. S79. They would know all about that. All right. Thank you very much. Give it a go. 
Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, Trevor. And 49216216 is the number to get your question through, just as Crystal has done. On She's from Hamilton. Hello, Crystal. Hello, how are you? Hello, Crystal. Hello. I just wanted to ask you, I heard you talking about the ginseng. Yes. And my husband's been on that for at least 40 years. Good. That's one thing. He's never stopped and he looks, he's 86, going on to 86. Well, there you go. He looks about 70. You've proven my point, haven't you? Yeah, You've well, proven... that's what I wanted to tell you. Isn't that lovely? But my other question mm. is, uh, now the memory is a little bit. Okay. I mean, he's still doing, keeping himself fit and, and yes. doing everything. Great. He's lost a leg about 40 years ago. Yes. But that was through smoking. Yes. And still he digs in the garden and does things right. what what interests him. He's got variable interest, especially in the Macedonian community. Lovely. But uh, if I put him on that ginkgo bilboa, like you said, would there be an interaction? With with the ginseng? Yes. No. There would be, take, sorry. There, there would be no interaction because the chemistry of both herbs are quite different. Quite oh, okay. different. And they target different uh, activities in the human organism. The only thing about ginkgo biloba that you would need to be sure of is that your husband was not taking any anticoagulant medication. No, he only takes vitamin E. Oh, there you go. What a, what, who put him onto this? Because your husband is doing the very things that uh, I've been promoting and, and talking about for 35 years of my career. Vitamin E was one of the most favourite remedies years ago, and unfortunately is not these days utilised as much or promoted as much as what it was years ago. Oh, he's never stopped taking vitamin E ever since he's lost his leg. Isn't that incredible? He was told at the time from the specialist, start taking vitamin E. Well, there you go. There you go. So that's over 40 years ago, and he takes ginseng, and now the last few years he's taking the, the fish oil. Well, look, he's as far as I'm concerned, he's doing... All that's necessary, I tend to think if you were to put him onto just a, a low dose of ginkgo biloba, uh-huh. that, that that would cover perhaps your concerns about some of these cognitive factors that might be starting to decline a bit. I, uh-huh. I see the ginseng and the ginkgo as being two of the most useful and well-established supplements for people at his age in life and certainly in my age in life. And I congratulate him the initiative of doing that because he would have been using these supplements at a time when they were not when they were not popular that's right yes. but, but you had a specialist who was a specialist then who must have been doing a lot of reading on vitamin e and i wish to god many more specialists well how about that and mm. i wish to god many other uh, physicians would recommend vitamin e today as well as the ginkgo thank you so much for ringing in crystal that's great, Crystal. Thanks. And 49216216. Tony has rung in from Hamilton. Hello, Tony. Yes. Hello, Tony. Yeah, Dennis, how are you going, oh, mate? Good, good. Mate, I ring up on behalf of my wife. Yes. Um, she has a, what they call it, they call a stomach bug. Yes. Um, now, the last attack she had was uh, a couple of nights ago. Yes. And it's a vomiting thing. Yep. And she had it. Before then, it would, would have been Boxing Day last year. Yes. That's how far apart it is. But when she gets it, yeah. it's, it's just continuous vomiting. Okay. Now she's been she's been well investigated. Yeah, she's been to a couple of specialists, mate, but then um, still no no real results. Okay. Um, like I said, 
it's just one of those little virus or a bug, bug they call it. Well, what I would be what I would be suggesting here, and I'd be yes. surprised if it didn't do some good, is that you start to use an American herb called golden seal. Golden seal. Golden seal. Yes. Now let me yes. explain why. And fortunately, you can get that from Visionary Health in Beaumont yep, Street. Okay. Why yep. would I be recommending golden seal? Golden seal contains a principle in it called berberine. Berberine is a broad-spectrum antimicrobial agent that is used in our profession for addressing chronic and sometimes unidentifiable pathologies in the gut that manifest themselves episodically in diarrheic conditions as well as vomiting conditions. And over a period of time, if I'm on the money, you should find that these episodes she's experiencing should dissipate. Golden seal is one of the most useful antimicrobial agents for addressing these pathologies uh, that are behind these conditions that can't be recognised. Now, it's taken in very, very low dosages, very low dosages, and probably the best form would be a capsule. Go down to Visionary Health, ask for a capsule of golden seal. I would suggest that just taking one capsule daily would be adequate. I'd be surprised if she didn't do well with that. Daily, okay, yep. and that's visionary health in Beaumont. Yeah, they're great yes. people. There, I've had a lot to do with them over the ages. They're they're, they're pharmacists, but pharmacists yes. that have great skills and great warmth to the system yes. of medicine that I practice. Thank you, mate. Thank you very much for that. Ple- pleasure. Thank you, Tony. And Cheryl has rung in from Stockton. Hello, Cheryl. Hello, Cheryl. I wonder if you could move away from your radio. We're getting a. a... Oh, hang on. I'll just turn off. Okay. Is that better? That's, That's much better. better. How can Thank we help you. you? How can we help you, Cheryl? Um, I had a mini stroke a month ago. Yes. And um, ever since then, I've had these really bad headaches at the front of my head and really light heads like I'm going to pass out. I've had four falls since the stroke. Oh, dear, dear, dear. Yeah, and now, I just I smashed mm. my head on a glass dish the other week and just wanted oh, the dish didn't cut my head open. Dear, dear. Have you discussed yeah. Have you discussed your symptoms with your GP? No, I haven't been to him. He takes a long time to get into. He, he's. I was supposed to go to the neurologist at John Hunter. Yes. Um, but I missed two appointments because my daughter couldn't take me. Oh, okay. Well, look. Before, yeah. before you do anything, Cheryl, you must see either your GP or the specialist, because mm-hmm. taking anything on your own initiative might not be wise. Right. Right. Um, I'm surprised that you, you're not on some sort of uh, blood thinner. But They've only got me on aspirin every day. Well, that's good. That's good. Yeah, I'm that's on aspirin good, every good, day. That's a good start. But see your GP. See your GP. I think you could be yeah. doing... I think you could be doing a little bit better than what you are. And even if it yeah. takes a little while to get into seam, go past him first and yeah. get him to make a diagnosis. Mention yeah. mention the herb ginkgo to him. Right. He can put it up on the computer yeah. and give you an opinion on that. And what would the falls be? What's the headaches? And what's the dizzy spells? And well, that could be coming is from... Is that all part of the stroke? I would think is very much associated with it. That's why yeah. I'm suggest that's why I'm suggesting you don't prevaricate. You get yourself even if you have to wait a little while, you get yourself to see your GP and you yeah. keep, and you keep your appointments even if you have yeah. to get even if you have to get a community bus a ta- or a yeah. taxi 
it's hard enough to get in to see a specialist. You shouldn't have missed two, two, two appointments. I know that. I know that. The neurologist told me, John Hunter, that's the warning. Yeah. It could lead to a big one, and then oh, I could end go. up in a nursing home. Well, that's why you've got to take that on yeah. board. You, you don't, yeah. let, don't let anything now stop you from taking yeah. this further because you'd, you'd regret it if something else happened, wouldn't you? Yes. There's... I've got uh, 15 grandchildren and I don't need... You don't. I don't need to die at the moment, So yeah. you, you promise me you're going to do that? Yes, I will, darling. Okay. Yes, I will promise. Okay, darling. Okay, <laughs> okay Cheryl. Thanks, Cheryl. Off you go to your doctor. Well, we're getting towards the end. I think we might have another call still to come, but um, not quite yet. But um, there is certainly a lot that can be done um, with natural <coughs> medicine, Dennis Stewart, to, um, to help um, help things get better and help you be comfortable in your own. And I think age. this is the point. No one is suggesting that the modern medical approach to ageing is insufficient. It's come a long way. All that I'm saying is that there are things that we can do that can lift our game. Yes, and uh, so ginkgo and ginseng, they're the ones that well, we've... Well, I've mentioned before on the program the hawthorn berry. Yes. That's a topic on its own. <laughs> and, and, um, Hawthorne Berry, as uh, many listeners and many of my patients and many of my students over the years would know, is one of my favourite remedies for supporting the cardiovascular system and particularly to use the words of Dr Weiss, the ageing heart. So again, at the risk of sounding like a hypochondriac, I can uh, confess to patients that I safeguard my heart every day by using some hawthorn berry in a tablet form. I think it does me some good, Jane. Excellent, Dennis Stewart. Thank you very much. And Health Naturally returning next Friday after the midday news on 2NURFM.